Welcome to the Staples Connect Podcast Recording Studio. You're listening to Be Happy, Be Heard, produced by the Law Lapitas Company. Happiness is everywhere, but sometimes we all need a little help finding it. Our special interview guest today is Judith Nelson Dilde. Judith made history as the first black female assistant district attorney in Suffolk County. As a practicing lawyer for 18 years, she worked at the MBTA, the U.S. Department of the Interior, Stern and Shapiro, and was the founding partner of Burnham, Hines and Dilday, the first black women's law firm in Boston. Governor William Weld appointed her to the trial bench, the first African-American to ever sit as a judge in the probate and family court in Massachusetts. Welcome today, Judith Nelson Dilday. <laughs> That's actually very funny. I don't remember what I did. I have to look at my resume. <laughs> I love that. That's a Judithism, I think. <laughs> but it was a um, it was a really um, out there kind of production. Mm-hmm. It was we had maybe seven of us on the stage and they had videos behind us and they had stuff falling out of the ceiling and they had uh you know it was a multimedia media. right right uh, right and as a working but, actor that's kind of exciting to to have yeah. that kind of you know stimulus around you supporting the story and that's that's why we got the award Oh, that's so cool. Because, because there were real people that you would know who were talking about how they were abused and harassed and all of that mm-hmm. as women working in the world. Mm-hmm. And they also showed little clips of like, uh, not the cats and jammer kids, but some of those little... Uh, Spanky and our gang mm. and all of those wow. people and how sexist they were. Mm. And uh, they had uh, the, I'm trying to think of a, a comedian, a woman comedian with blonde hair mm. who, who said very sexist things. Joan Rivers? Yeah. yeah. She, was, she was in part of the videos on there. Uh, it, it was. That's exciting. That's it's really cutting, exciting. Cutting edge. Now, now take us back a little bit because you've had a whole career leading up to your professional actor career um, as a judge and, and really just, you know, pave the way for, um, for, for women um, and women in this particular arena. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, going from that whole, how many years were you in that? About 40 years? Uh, well, I was a lawyer for 18 years before I went on the bench. Mm-hmm. I was on the bench about 15 years. And in Massachusetts, you have a mandatory retirement when you get to be 70 years old. Mm. Um, but I I didn't stay quite till 70 because I, I live in Dorchester and I was sitting in Cambridge. First of all, mm-hmm there had never been a black judge in a probate and family court. Wow. And so I was the first black mm-hmm. in that court. Mm-hmm. And people just didn't know how to act. You know, what is she like? 
Huh? Yeah, huh? what is <laughs> all right? They, you know, all the scuttlebutt around and trying to figure out how they were, what it was going to be like to have a black judge. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I enjoyed being a judge. I felt as though I could, first of all, treat everybody with respect. I wanted them to feel when they came in my courtroom. They didn't have to be afraid. Hmm. Uh, I wasn't hmm. silly. I wasn't casual, but I, you know, I treated everybody with respect. Right. And I had people tell me later, particularly black men, you are the first judge in that court that ever treated me with any respect. Hmm. And, and I was shocked. This The man that told me was an educated Black man, very well-spoken. He was there uh, in a divorce. Mm-hmm. Why did he feel that he was not respected? Mm-hmm. I felt so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt I was able to do a lot for people because they come into the probate and family court when they need help. And they, we had a large jurisdiction. I mean, we did divorces, we did right. custody, we did paternity, we did guardianships, we did marriage of minors, we did wills and estates and trust. And uh, I can't think of all the things that we did. Adoptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, just- You ran the gamut. You just- went around the world in that profession. You did yeah. it all. At that time, at that and, and I know you did this for many years, Judith. You what what compelled you to go into this field? I mean, did, did you see a vision of yourself being happy in in this and and what was it that you saw in your vision? Well, it it, it wasn't structured and rational like that. Uh, I remember when I was a child or least a high school student. And my mother said to me, you should be a lawyer. And I said, what? Me? (laughs) I I had no concept of myself in that role. I had never seen anybody that looked like me who was a lawyer or a judge, never heard of anybody who was, except for Constance Baker Motley, who was the mm. first, I think the first black woman in the federal bench. She was in Philadelphia and my mother told me about her, but I, I didn't think of myself that way. Why do you think she said that to you? What do you, what do you think she saw at that moment that made her say that to you? My mother thought I could do anything. Mm. <laughs> you know, she just thought I could do everything. Wow. So. Isn't it great to have a mother like that? And, and you followed her advice. You moved forward into the field. Well, yeah, but it's like I fell into it later on. It's not very, but my mother was, uh, she she certainly was my idol. Um, she had six children. She, she went to the university during the depression where they really scuffled to pay $10 a credit to go to school. She didn't live on campus or anything. She stayed at home. Right, and, but she was brilliant. Uh, she majored in Latin and history, 
and she wanted to be a teacher, but they didn't hire any Black people to be teachers in our state or city. And I said to her, well, why did you put all of this time and energy into studying to be a teacher when you knew you couldn't get a job? Right, right. She said, well, we thought things were going to change. And when they changed, we were going to be ready. Mm. Was there was there a moment, I'm sure there were many moments, but was there a moment that comes to your mind right now during those years that was an exceptional moment where you felt like you had made such an impact on people's lives that you can't imagine having not made that choice or not done that? I, I know that that's a great job. <laughs> you know, and I like I liked having it and I worked for uh I worked really hard to get that. The first time I try I applied, I didn't get it. And then 10 years later, I got up the nerve to try again mm. and I got it. Uh I've had people come up to me and say, You were my judge. Oh wow. And I feel, How did that make you feel when they said that? I mean, could you remember them or their case or, or was it just, no, I mean, there's so many people. You know, you just see every, you, you're working to get all the cases out. All those cases that came in there this morning, I need to get done before the end of the day. And I do the best I could. I did the best I could with each thing that was there. Um, but I would say to, when they said that to me, I said, well, I hope I was treated you well. Mm. And, and they said, yeah, they always were very positive about it. Now you made your way into acting as a professional actor once you were retired, right? Yeah. How, yes. how, now, why did you go into that? What, what was the impetus for going into that? It looked like it was fun. I never had a chance to do that. Um, when I was in high school, I was at a large white high school. I was one of the few kids because I lived in the other side of the township where the black people lived. And we took a bus for maybe 45 minutes to get to school every day. And, um, they had, um, they did plays every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. And I would look at the plays and see who, who were the parts in the play. And they would always be the mother and the son and the boyfriend and the whatever. And I never thought that they would cast me in one of those roles as a black person. Mm -hmm. And so I never tried. What, I saw one play, they had somebody who wasn't related and it was the maid. Right, right. I well, get you. See, now I have the confidence and all the rest of it. I would play a maid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But no, not then when I was 16, 17 years old, I'm going to be the maid and right. a white. No, no, I no. totally get that. So do, do you find that acting now, because you've been doing it for a few years now, is that is that fulfilling to you? Is that what makes you happy? Yes, I enjoy it. Mm. What habits have you developed through the years that you find not only useful, but necessary 
to help you achieve your, your new goals and your success now. Do you have any habits that you just developed over the years that you can't live without? Well, I hope I have inculcated the habit of thorough preparation because that's what makes it happen. If you're prepared, then you can, you can fly. Right. And your process, right? Do you have a process in place now that has become ritualistic or a habit for you that you're fine? Hey, this works. This is the process that works for me. And I always move through this and find more often than not, I'm achieving my goals. I have, I'm working on uh, learning ways to analyze scripts uh, and uh, learning how to prepare for the first moment in terms of knowing where you are and how you feel and all of those things that you get in your head before you start out a presentation, production, whatever. I let my husband read for me. He does a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have really, I, I don't have all those good habits. I was a cabinet member in a movie that they're shooting in Boston. I got to be a non-speaking cabinet member who sat around the table with the president play, played by Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was so much fun. Did you learn anything from that experience that you didn't know before sitting with the A-list actors? The one one thing, they did not take themselves too seriously. They were relaxed and silly and improving and making jokes and uh, came around to talk to us just to chat. It was just fun watching them play off one another. I love that. You know, that's such a great takeaway, Judith, to this whole conversation is no matter how accomplished you are and how educated you are and how much you've achieved in your life, there is the element of fun, like the essence of joy in the moment and relaxation in your presence that kind of makes things move and move forward in a really wonderful way. I'm glad you said that. You know, sometimes people think that, oh, you're in a really serious profession and you have to be, you know, nose to the grindstone to make it work. But there is that sense, isn't there, of just being able to let go, of, of, of let the inner you come out and laugh. <laughs> just laugh. Just be, you know, you have such a beautiful smile and it's like, yeah, smile, laugh, have fun, be joyous. And I can see that this, this now in your life makes you... Um, so joyous to do it. And I'm so happy you have the opportunities that you have to perform and present and win awards and win accolades in the community and be recognized for your talents and your skills. I think the biggest uh, acting job I had was in the Burlington Theater. I don't know if you've heard of the Burlington Theater. I have, yeah, I have. Yes, yeah. I was in a, a movie called in a play called 20th Century Blues. And it was so much fun. It was a a play written for four mature women. Oh, so nice. So nice. 
That's wonderful. I'm so ha- I'm so happy for you. You had these opportunities, and then ready to take the role of judge. Right, quite a role. I I, I I'll never forget when she said. Um, someone came up to her and said, "You were my judge." Right. Wow. I mean, that kind of blows your mind when you think about that. The impact you can have in someone's life, um, you know, in that type of role, in that type of position. Well, I think she made a, an impact because she said in the beginning that she treats every, she was treating everyone with respect and she didn't want anyone to be afraid in the courtroom. Mm. And I think that would get their true self out better for her to be able to be the judge that she can be. That was my take on that. Right. And she kept trying again. She kept right. trying yes. again, even Never though there was up. fear there and there were very real obstacles um, in her life there as there are now all of our lives, right. right? No one lives a life without tremendous obstacles. But how do we overcome those obstacles? How do we, you know, jump the wall or get underneath it or go around it? Mm. And, you know, is really uh, how defines who we are as a person, right, right. Brent? Yeah, what I learned, um, I mean, I'll, again, what, two, what the two of you have said is absolutely true, but what really stuck out was when she was talking about um, being told, you know, once change is ready to be happy, once change is going to happen, we're going to be there for it to be right. re- to be be ready to be different and to make that change. That's awesome. Here's what I know: things are going to change. They're changing all the time. If there's one thing we can rely upon, is that things are changing. And as Judith said so brilliantly. We have to be ready when that change happens. We have to be ready and hit the ground running. And we have to have respect for change and respect for one another, that we're ever evolving. We're never the same. We don't stand still. How can we be happy being static? How can we find our authentic voice if we're not in movement? And thinking about my mother and Judith's mother and all the mothers out there, saying to us all those years, you can be anything, you can do anything, an incredible motivation. So move forward. Don't be static. Invite change. And don't battle. You have been listening to our Radio Play Production Performance and Educational Collaborative created and produced by Lollapitas Company, recorded at the beautiful Staples Connect studio outside of Boston. If you're interested in learning about Radio Play Production and Performance, let us know by emailing us at lollapitascompany at gmail.com or check out our website at lollapitascompany.com. This unique and popular offering is available all online. You've been listening to Be Happy, Be Heard, produced by the Law Lapita Studio at the Staples Connect Podcast Recording Studio. Speaking is the art that illustrates our stories, expands our imaginations, and touches our souls. Whether you're listening to your favorite podcast, settling into a cozy documentary, or hearing about the next hit movie for the very first time, your experience should be a journey. Voices by Vlad will take you there. We'll create your script, have your vision mixed, mastered, and brought to life, all within 24 hours. You choose the dream and let Vlad worry about the speaking. Voices by Vlad, speaking to your soul. 
Does your child need to get bigger and stronger for athletics? Here at Athletist, we help you meet your strength and conditioning goals by creating and implementing individualized fitness and nutrition programs based on your unique structure, body composition, and flexibility, as well as time constraints. Contact us at athletist.com. That's A-T-H-L-E-T-I-S-T.com. Do you hate your speaking voice? Are you terrified to speak in public? Do you dread Zoom calls and presentations? Hi, this is Candy O, and all I have to say is, I've got you. I've spent my entire career using my voice to earn a living, and now I'm sharing those skills with you in my new podcast series, The Speaker Coach. Listen now at CandyOTerry.com or on your favorite podcast platform. No matter how you sound, I can make you sound better. I was walking along the dusty internet. I was looking for something I didn't know yet. When along came law, she took me by the hand. She said, girl, come with me. I'll help you understand. I opened my eyes to quite a sight. You might just say I saw the light. I felt my engine moving full steam ahead. Read the sign, here's what it said. She's got voice over acting, modeling, broadcasting, improv coaching, classes, podcasting, workshops, showcases. You're gonna go places, warm and loving, happy faces. Then I knew that I could fly, spread my wings right up to the sky. Feel the sun, wind at my back Look out world, I'm on the right track She's got demos, recording, technical supporting Auditions, ambitions, free your inhibitions Profile your style, show off your smile Confidence and radiance, you gotta take a chance She's got everything, man She's got everything She'll help you do your thing, man Lollipedes will be your wingman Lollipedes will be your wingman 